It's Thursday in first century Jerusalem. This is the last day Jesus would spend with his disciples. The plan was in place for Judas to lead the Jewish authorities to the location of Jesus. He only needed an opportune time to do so. Tonight would afford him the opportunity he was looking for. Mark sets the scene by telling us that Thursday was the first day of unleavened bread when they sacrificed the Passover lamb. His disciples said to him, where will you have us go and prepare for you to eat the Passover? The daytime would be spent securing a room, gathering all the elements of the meal that would be celebrated that night. And then finally, between the hours of 3 and 6 p.m., the lamb that would have been selected a few days prior would be slaughtered. It's difficult to know, based on the biblical account, whether this meal with Jesus and his disciples is the same one that all of the Jews would be celebrating, or whether Jesus, knowing that he was to be crucified, wanted to celebrate it early with his friends. Nevertheless, Luke tells us in Luke 22, 8-13, So Jesus sent Peter and John, saying, Go and prepare the Passover for us, that we may eat it. They said to him, Where will you have us prepare it? He said to them, Behold, when you have entered the city, a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him into the house that he enters, and tell the master of the house, The teacher says to you, Where is the guest room where I may eat? the Passover with my disciples. And he will show you a large upper room furnished. Prepare it there. And they went and found it just as he had told them, and they prepared the Passover. The evening came, and in all of the preparations that Peter and John made, there was one thing they forgot. Traditionally, as guests would enter in the home to celebrate the Passover meal, a servant of the house, someone of the lowest class, would wash the feet of all the guests. In the absence of one such servant, John tells us that Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going back to God, rose from supper. He laid aside his outer garments and taking a towel, tied it around his waist. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with a towel that was wrapped around him. This unprecedented act of humility prompts Peter to protest what Jesus is doing. Lord, do you wash my feet? You shall never wash my feet. But Jesus simply responds to him, what I'm doing you do not understand now, but afterward you will understand. If I do not wash you, you have no share with me. It seems that Jesus is making a point that the disciples wouldn't understand until a little while after tomorrow's tragic events. The foot washing was a symbol pointing forward to the cleansing of sin Christ would accomplish for them on the cross. The disciples would have no doubt been happy to wash Jesus' feet, but to wash anyone else's feet would have been a task too menial even for them. But Jesus says to them, if I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have done to you. Jesus' act of service has implications for how the disciples are to view themselves after he's gone. The community of cleansed saints is to be marked by the same kind of sacrificial and humiliating love for one another. Shockingly, 
Jesus' act of humble service included washing the feet of the man whom he knows is betraying him. He then commands them, Love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. While they were eating at the table, Jesus tells the disciples, One of you will betray me. The disciples' curiosity is piqued. The disciple whom Jesus loved, who is no doubt John, leans back and asks him, Lord, who is it? But Jesus responds, It is he to whom I will give this morsel of bread when I have dipped it. The participants in a first century Seder meal would have gathered in a U-shape in a large room around a table that was very low to the ground in the middle. All of the participants would be laying on their left sides with their heads at the table and their feet pointed away. Jesus is officiating the meal, so he is in the middle at the bottom of the U. This exchange reveals two things to us. The disciple whom Jesus loved, John, is at the first place of honor, directly to the right of Jesus. And Judas, the disciple who is betraying Jesus, is in the second place of honor, to Jesus' left. Perhaps Jesus is the only one who would honor the person who is to betray him. Jesus says to Judas, what you're going to do, do quickly. As the Passover meal continues, the disciples will find themselves immersed in the thoughts of the Exodus, when the children of Israel were driven out of Egypt after God sent the 10th plague on the Egyptian households. In this Last Supper, Jesus associates himself with the lamb whose blood was smeared on the doorposts of the Hebrew households so that God's wrath wouldn't fall upon those inside. As a result, the wine and the bread of the Passover was refreshed for the new covenant community as a proclamation and association with his upcoming death. But he also told them, From now on, I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. There will be a day coming when the image of wine will be updated again, this time in celebration of the consummation of the kingdom. As the dinner concludes, Jesus and his disciples head to the Mount of Olives. Jesus' heart is troubled, and he tells his disciples, Pray that you may not enter into temptation. Jesus goes away and prays, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Jesus comes back to find his disciples sleeping. As he wakes them up, they hear the sound of clanking swords and torches and the voices of a mob coming over the hill. If you're a follower of Christ, Thursday should remind you that your calling of discipleship comes with certain responsibilities of service and love to others, including your enemies, and even at the cost of your own life. Are there grudges you're holding and bitterness to which you're clinging? Remember Jesus even wash Judas's feet. Are you greater than Jesus? If you're not a follower of Christ, I would challenge you in your unbelief. The only safety you have from the wrath of God is under the blood of Jesus, the true Passover lamb. Confess to him your need for salvation from your sins. Believe that Christ's atoning work on the cross is sufficient 
to satisfy the wrath that you deserve. Pursue a life of repentance and obedience to his will that you too may have eternal life because if you're not washed, you have no share with him.